0: Hi, welcome to Story Hall, a podcast exploring the lore behind the most important stories in the world. So, pull up a chair by the fireplace and let us put a story in your hole.
1: <laughs> I'm Roger. I'm Joey. I'm Kevin. Hey, guys. Hey, hi. Good morning. I need to know how smart are you feeling today? Smart today? Um, oh. Intellect through the roof. <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling probably about a seven. Oh. Out
0: of 21. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm raising the roof. <laughs> well, I've got some bad news. Uh, are you guys sitting down? Yeah. yeah. Should I be standing? There's been a murder. Oh, God, oh. no. Was it Kevin? Murder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kevin, no! you've, been, you've, you've been murdered. Oh, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> No, Kevin, you're okay, uh, but somebody's not. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and and I need the world's best detectives to solve this case. Uh, do you think you can do it? Yeah. Can, can you give me a cool detective name? Uh, yeah, you're Gumshoe Dan. That's very good, Gumshoe Dan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Okay. Do you guys think you'd be good detectives in real life? Yeah, yes. probably. I think I could like put
2: the put the pieces together and obsess. Over a lot of lots lots of details. That's the key, right? You just you need to make sure everything is significant. Yeah, when you're looking at stuff, Kevin Kevin would be good because I can just see him with like a, like the the steamy cup of
0: coffee, <laughs> and also he's always in black and white. Uh huh. Yeah, he's always like in the shadows, kind of. It's, it's yeah. just his eyes are lit up. Yeah, I really hate the light. It might be a vampire, actually, Kev. Could be
1: <laughs> vampire <Okay>. detective. <laughs>
0: it's a hot new
1: teen yeah, this, drama
0: this year on the CW. Yeah. why are
1: we, we do this every single time? We come up with great ideas for shows mm-hmm. on accident.
0: One of these days, man, I'm going to be rich. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, well, uh, we'll see how it goes with your your uh, case cracking skills. Because on today's story hole, we're taking a look at one of the most famous mystery novels of all time: Murder on the Orient Express.
1: I don't know how this one goes so this will be like a real mystery. I don't know
0: anything about this. Which is good <laughs> because we're going to try to solve the mystery together and we'll see we'll see how that how that works. I'm not mm. I'm not really confident. Wait. Roger, do you not know how this is going to (laughs) go? Did you read it? I didn't want to read it because I didn't want to spoil the end for myself. (laughs) Um, Murder on the Orient Express is a book by Agatha Christie that was written in 1934. And it's become one of the archetypal murder mystery stories. It's been made into a movie a bunch of times. Uh, One pretty recently in 2017 with Johnny Depp, if you've seen that. And it's also been referenced just in a ton of things. Like um, there's that Adventure Zone season called Murder on the Rockport Limited mm-hmm. based loosely on this story. Mm-hmm. So it just comes up a lot in, uh, in pop culture and in different kind of mystery stories. So you guys have never read it or seen the movie or anything, right? No. No. I know who Johnny Depp is. Does that help? <laughs> that might help a little. Okay. If you can sketch out a picture of his face, that you might want to do that now.
1: It will only look like Captain Jack Sparrow, though.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much who he is now, right? Yeah, yeah I think, I think so. he, got,
2: he got all like the tattoos, and I think he still wears the eye makeup. Yeah, he's
0: born for that role. Yeah. Okay, so you guys are going to come into this case fresh, without any clues, uh, just like our main character, a detective named Hercule Poirot. Hercule Poirot. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> How did you know that? I've been I've been d- d- cracking all these details. What? <laughs> Hercule Perot? Yeah. That's a crazy name. His first
0: name is <laughs> Hercule. Okay. Now, for this episode, I want to try to present it to you guys and to the listeners in a way that you could potentially solve it on your own, you know, if, you, if you've got the detective skills. Uh, but the way that the book was actually written, though, it would be pretty much impossible to do that. So there's some extra info and some characters that are in the book that I'm gonna leave out and some info that we don't find out till the end of the book that I'm gonna give you early on so that hopefully it'll be actually possible to solve it. So if you're a big fan of the book or the movies or whatever, uh, just know that we're kind of taking some liberties with this to make it work. I can't wait. So do you guys want to jump into the case?
2: Yes, yes I'm gonna take some notes. yeah, I got I got a pad out actually. Next to a wad of cash. <laughs> that's a. I feel like you're telling the truth right now. Yeah, there's a wad of cash here.
0: <laughs> I, yeah. Is that cool? Are you gonna? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> How much cash is in that wad? Do you think? One hundred fifty dollars exactly. Dang! Really. Yeah, <laughs> that's going to help. I like the idea that
1: Joey just keeps a wad of cash next to his desk to look cool.
2: <laughs> yeah. he comes
1: just in case anybody looks through the window. Yeah. Oh, he's doing well for himself. <laughs> yeah.
2: It's good to see. <laughs> He's finally fixed (laughs) fixed up his life. (laughs) I like it when people peek at my windows.
0: (laughs) Okay, so first off, let me explain where you guys are. you just boarded a train in Syria, and it's heading across Turkey through Europe and ending in London. It's going to be a long trip. Uh, It's also going to be a crowded trip. There are barely any spots left on the train when you get your tickets, which is unusual because it's the middle of winter, which is not a popular time to travel this route typically. But anyway, the way this train is set up, everyone rides in their own little cabin. You have like a bed and a little desk and a chair. If you're first class, you get the cabin to yourself. But if you're second class, you have to bunk up with a stranger and share it. Now, you guys managed to get the last two tickets available, but you're stuck sharing a cabin. Are we sharing it with each other? Uh huh. Oh, that's nice. This might be a good time actually to take a minute and explain who you guys are on this train. Do you want to come up with Orient Express personas? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We um, have to have really cool names, probably, right? Well, you already, Gumshoe Dan. Gumshoe Dan is clearly.
0: <laughs> you don't have to stick with Gumshoe Dan. No, well,
2: you do. I, I mean, that's it. Yeah. I mean, that was the one I was going to go for anyway. <laughs> I'll be Tedrick. Tedric. Um, <laughs> flan bottom <laughs> Tedric flan bottom Tedric
0: flan bottom all right
1: mm-hmm. i'm a businessman okay um i'm on the train not to catch a murderer but because i smell a good deal mm. but i don't know what it is <laughs> it's my sixth sense is going off and i can just tell there's there's a reason
0: i need to be here for business Tedrick, are you one of those guys that will, like, use a coupon even if it's for something you don't need just because you want to get the deal?
1: I will use a coupon on something that makes it
2: more expensive. (laughs)
0: Just
1: just to
2: use the coupon. Okay, Joey? Okay, so I'm actually – I'm a frog. Uh Okay. um, But I have human clothes on (laughs) so that no one knows it. But I'm trying to find a a princess to get true love's kiss so that I can turn
0: back into a man. Side story. Are you human-sized or are you frog-sized?
2: Uh, I'm, I'm inexplicably human sized, but when you look, I very clearly have a frog sized head and, (laughs) and my hands are sticking out of the the clothes are like little flippery hands like a frog. (laughs) It doesn't make any sense. What's your name? (laughs) Well, Gumshoe Dan.
0: Okay. Gumshoe Dan. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so Gumshoe Dan and, and, and Fred Frederick, (laughs) Tedrick, Tedrick Flanbottom, you guys are sharing a cabin. Uh, I would imagine Gumshoe Dan you're probably going to take the top bunk so you can you can just jump right up there right I just yeah. get up yeah
2: I mean if if he's not looking I'll jump but if I if he is looking then I'm going to climb up like a normal <laughs> man
0: Okay so let's talk about the other passengers on the train Now first let's take a look at our main character the world's best detective Hercule Poirot Poirot is a little Belgian man with uh with like a round rosy nose and a big fancy mustache He's very proper very polite And he's pretty famous in the detective scene for being just the smartest guy. He's so good that he basically just travels around picking up cases that he thinks will be a fun challenge to his intellect. And right now, he just finished up one here in Syria, and now he's heading back to finish up some other business in London. Perot has his own first-class cabin to himself up the hall from yours. And the way the train is laid out, you'll all have cabins in a row, with the doors leading out on one side into a hallway. And each pair of cabins also have doors in between them. Like, you know when you stay at a hotel room and there's a weird door in the room that would lead to your neighbor's room? Yeah. It's like that. Um, But you can't get through it unless they're both unlocked. Okay. That's a weird thing, though, huh? Why do they have those doors in hotel rooms? Um, I mean, why would you ever want to go in your neighbor's room? Cleaning, maybe? Oh. Just makes it
1: easier to get... True. Yeah, that's probably it, huh? Housekeeping? Hey, you
0: solved, you solved the mystery. Yeah. You solved the mystery. There <laughs> yeah. to go, You're great
2: at this. <laughs> clean, man. Tedrick Clean Hotel. That's not a joke. <laughs>
1: it's
2: serious.
0: <laughs> it's something. Yeah. yeah. We'll just, you yeah, said that's it. Fine. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, and then uh, finally, there's a dining car where everybody gets together to eat breakfast and lunch and dinner and everything. So it's you two, Hercule Perot, and then there are 12 other passengers. Uh, Are you guys ready for this list? Oh, God. Mm -hmm. These are going to be potential suspects in the crime, um, but. Don't feel like you have to memorize all this right now. We'll uh, we'll bring them up as they as they're important.
1: I'm really bad with names. Can is this going to be something where I can just pay attention to like yeah. the context?
0: Yeah, there are no names. I left all the names out, so oh, they're just perfect. like uh, just characters basically. Okay, okay, okay. First, we have a young, handsome British colonel that's on his way back to England from India, and then sitting by him is a young, pretty British school teacher. And Pearl notices kind of a weird energy between the two of them. They're acting like they're strangers, but then they seem a little too comfortable with each other. It seems like there's something going on there. Mm -hmm. Next is a very rich, but also very old and ugly princess from Russia.
2: Oh, Joey. It's easy. It's easy. (laughs) That's that's the one. That's
0: the one I'm getting. Is <laughs> that or the colonel? This might be perfect because in the book, Perot describes her as looking like an old toad. No so, way. Is that true? Yeah. Uh-huh. What are the chances? Which is actually really funny. I've never thought about an old ugly princess before, you know? No, they always say young and fresh. She's young and beautiful, but not this one. She's an old toad. How do so, you tell Joey, the age of a toad? Uh you count their warts. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, The ugly princess has a German maid with her, and she seems kind of simple and dumb. Uh, There's a fat, loud, obnoxious American woman that talks way too much. Like, she goes on and on about her family and nobody cares. There's a young, handsome Hungarian diplomat, an American salesman that wears really ugly, colorful suits. There's a Swedish lady that Perot says has the face of a sheep that seems kind of fragile and emotional. Uh, There's a really loud, talkative Italian salesman And then there's this older American man named Ratchet. And Ratchet is clearly wealthy. He wears fancy clothes and he smokes fancy cigarettes. And he's got two employees that are traveling with him. His butler, a really stiff, very cold British guy, and a really friendly American guy that works as his secretary. And then finally, there's the train attendant that stays on the train to serve the passengers. So, don't feel like you have to have these all memorized or anything. Uh, but just for fun, do you guys want to take any guesses? Just first try no warm up on who the murderer is. Yeah. yeah.
2: It's um friendly American guy that w- works for the, the Ratchet.
0: Oh, Ratchet's an American secretary, huh?
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh. I have two guesses. Um, one, I feel like I have to say the butler because it's always the butler, right? <laughs> yeah. Just because that's a trope.
0: Well, Kev, you figured it out. I guess, uh,
1: <laughs> I guess that's it. <laughs> so we can wrap it up. Uh, and the, my second guess, which is the one I'm more excited about, is it's actually uh, Perot. Is that oh, his name?
0: Oh, Perot, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the,
1: the guy who's actually... Man. Nobody would expect the guy investigating. That's be the, the best cover-up if you're a murderer. Yeah. I'm actually not a very good uh, detective, but I am
2: a really good murderer. <laughs> mm. My mom always said that uh, that murderers make the best detectives. Your yeah. mom's
0: a wise woman. Thanks. What else did your mom say?
2: Oh, all sorts of curse words. I wish you would stop. <laughs>
0: Okay, perfect. So it's dinner on the first night of the train ride, and you two are eating dinner together. Um, What you guys order? Lasagna. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Will they let me order off the kids' menu? Yeah, they will. It says 12 and under, but they'll let you do it. I'm going to get some mac and cheese. Mac and cheese, good good choice. Mm -hmm. At the table next to you, Perot is eating alone. But at the end of dinner, when most of the people have left to go back to their rooms, a man comes up and sits at Perot's table. It's Ratchet, the rich American man. And both of you guys and Perot notice something about him when he sits down. It's his eyes. He dresses like a sophisticated gentleman, but he's got the eyes of a wild animal. They're like cruel and dangerous. So there's something really off-putting about him. But he puts out a cigarette and he says to Perot, I recognize you, you're Hercule Perot, the famous detective, and I'd like to hire you for a job. Someone is trying to kill me, and I want to hire you to protect me on this trip. And Perot just looks at me and says, no thanks, I'm not interested. I only take cases that are interesting to me, and your case is not and ratchet says i'm a very rich man i'll pay you a lot of money Mm -hmm. but perot says no thank you uh the honest answer is i don't like your face (laughs) and with that ratchet gets very upset and he storms out of the room that
1: guy is rude
0: perot it's calling people sheep
1: face and saying ugly princess and and telling people off like that this guy sucks
2: yeah (laughs) i hope he's
0: the murderer (laughs) he's a little rude he's just so goddamn smart though (laughs) fine And with that, you guys decide it's probably time to head back to your rooms too. It's getting late and uh, you guys get tucked into your bunk beds and you go to sleep. Now the next morning, you guys make your way to the dining car for breakfast and there's two big pieces of news that have everybody flipping out. For one, the train is stuck. There's a huge mountain of snow on the tracks just up ahead and it's too much for the train to plow through. So until someone can get up there and shovel it away, you guys are stuck here in the middle of the wilderness. The second big piece of news, there's been a murder. One of the passengers was stabbed in his bed last night. And it's probably pretty obvious, but who do you think got murdered? It's got to be the um, Ratchet, right? Yeah, it's Ratchet. The rich man with the wild animal eyes. The only one we have a name for. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-huh. But luckily, there's a world-class detective... And uh frog man. (laughs) Yeah and uh and a guy that loves coupons on board. So you guys are on the case. (laughs) The perfect combo.
1: (laughs) That's what they say you need for an RPG party, right? Everybody
0: needs a a frog and a coupon. That's like the triangle, right? The Holy Trinity. The Holy Trinity. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh do you guys want to go look at the body?
2: Yeah, well, I'm curious. Oh, I got a question. Actually, just I'm yeah. trying to get myself more like immersed in the experience. Roger, are you on this train with us?
0: Uh, yes, but I'm outside looking through the windows.
2: Okay. Um, and now, just to make this easier for me, can you just be normal, Roger? <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> okay. So okay, that, that's how I'd like to imagine this in my Yeah, fantasy. I'm just hanging out with you
0: guys. I'm just walking around. <laughs> okay let's go check out the body <laughs> okay so you guys go inside the crime scene in ratchet's cabin and pro's already there looking around here's what you see ratchet is in bed in his pjs and he's just full of holes like somebody really went to town on him what kind of pjs is he wearing uh striped white and blue he's got a is little full like, body a, kind full body i imagine a little sleeping cap probably how about does he have the butt flap um, no butt flap, which is which is odd because he's just upsetting. His his pants are just full of Duke, you know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so he wasn't wearing polka dot pajamas because then they could have tried to hide. Or like that would yeah. actually be perfect for like for the for the gun holes, right? For the holes, uh-huh. the well, holes. stab the polka dots.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are stab wounds. They're not gunshots. They're stab wounds. And Perot tells you that there are a dozen stab wounds in his body, which could possibly mean two things. Now Perot doesn't completely agree with this. But typically, it says that something like a dozen stab wounds would mean that the murderer was probably a woman because a man would be cool and calculated. He would just stab enough times to kill the guy, maybe once or twice, you know? God, (laughs) Perot. But going to town on on somebody like this, this is definitely – definitely evidence of of the emotional state of a woman
1: yeah let's just let's just call this a crime of passion and take the sexism out of it yeah
0: <laughs> well I mean this is important so you know it might be a woman based on how many stab wounds there are uh, which is a terrible thing but that's part of the part of the book and then to really double down on it, uh stabbing it says is usually an Italian man's game, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> because most people in the Western world would shoot or maybe strangle or something more refined, but those Italians they just love their knives, they love to stab, yes, yeah, so those are two things yeah you know, Perot he makes a point to say. You know, I don't completely agree with this, but you know how Italians and women are. They're crazy. Mm-hmm. So this is something to keep in mind, perhaps. Okay. Now, there's there's one other weird thing about the stab wounds. They aren't all consistent. Some are really weak, like barely cutting through his old man meat. But others are really strong, breaking bones and shit. And there's also one really awkward one under his armpit that could really only be made if the stabber was left-handed. But the other wounds are clearly made by somebody right-handed. What do you you guys make of this? Well, there
2: might be home alone trap. There could be yeah,
0: just lots of paint. (laughs) There are paint cans with knives
2: on on. (laughs) them. Yeah, no, there might be two murderers. Maybe two murderers. Maybe two murderers. All right, I'm I'm now I'm shifting around looking at this, looking at my list. Uh, Rich old princess, maybe. Yeah. uh, Because she's a woman. That uh-huh. fits that the criteria, yeah. Um, and if they're both rich, maybe there's some sort of competitive, uh, oh, uh, something going on there. Yeah, right?
1: that's a good that's a good theory. Okay, well, I'm gonna say that it's probably the colonel and the teacher mm-hmm. because we've noticed that they sent, tend to be a couple. Yeah, mm-hmm. like that potentially could be going together. That's very good, and that would, uh, yeah. You guys are good at it this. Seems like two stabbers. Yeah.
0: From here, we have a couple possible options. We can look for clues, or we can start interviewing the other passengers. What do you guys want to do? I want to look for clues
2: first, because okay. if we interview them, they're going to know what the fuck's going on, and they're going to try to hide the clues.
0: That's a very good. Yeah, you're a good detective. Thank you. <laughs> Was that a little Italian? Were you getting
1: passionate there, Roger? No. That's very good. It wasn't me. <laughs> okay.
0: That's a spicy idea. <laughs> Mamma mia. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you look around uh, Ratchet's cabin for some clues and uh, you do notice a couple things that might be valuable. One, you notice a pipe cleaner that's fallen on the floor. Now two, there's also a woman's handkerchief that was dropped in the room. And it's made out of really nice material and has the letter H embroidered on it. And three, on the desk is an ashtray with some burnt pieces of paper in it. And most of it's completely destroyed, but Perot uses his detective eyes to make out just a couple words. It says, little Daisy Armstrong. And Poirot knows exactly who Daisy Armstrong is. She was a victim in a really infamous kidnapping case in the US a couple years ago. She was the daughter of a rich family, and this gang abducted her and held her for ransom. But even after getting the money, the gang brutally killed the little girl. Jesus. The girl's mother, Mrs. Armstrong, was so heartbroken that she basically just died. And the father, Colonel Armstrong, couldn't handle all the loss, so he shot himself. And then to make it worse, people started to suspect that Daisy Armstrong's maid had something to do with it, but she didn't, she was innocent. And she was so overcome, so distraught over all the stuff that was going on that she ended up throwing herself out the window. So it was this ripple effect of just misery and sadness. And it was so disturbing that it became a news story even in Europe. Where's the the name that we're seeing? It's on a little burnt piece of paper that oh. was in an ashtray. So it seems like okay. maybe he was trying to burn a letter of some kind to destroy it. But there's just a little bit that was left over.
1: Okay. Still, still in support of my original one with the pipe cleaner. That's a teacher tool.
0: The pipe cleaner? Oh, that's true. Maybe for like a craft, huh? hmm Yeah. Pro remembers one other detail about the case, too. They eventually found the leader of the gang that kidnapped Daisy Armstrong. It was a man named Cassetti. Him and his gang had gotten rich in the U.S. by running these ransom schemes. So they arrested him, and he stood trial for Daisy's murder. But he got off. He used his money to bribe his way to a not guilty verdict. But everyone knew he did it. And the general public was so ready to get some vigilante justice, they started to hunt him. So this guy had to run. He left the U.S., and uh, he used his riches to travel around Europe, hiding as a rich gentleman under a different name. Ratchet. Ratchet. The murder of Little Daisy Armstrong is Ratchet. Wow.
2: Okay. Hmm.
0: Those are the clues you find. Um, any, other, any other theories you want to float? Any other ideas or questions you have?
2: Hmm. Handkerchief H. Now, we don't know their names. Is that going to come into play, that there's an H on that handkerchief?
0: We're going to interview him, and I'll let you know okay. their names as we get to them.
2: Okay. okay. Got so it.
1: Definitely somebody related to that incident that wanted to, to kill the person responsible. But I don't know how we would know who yeah. is related, aside from the fact that it's an American event. Which some of these people are American. Mm-hmm. But maybe that could be an excuse, like a, a misdirect. Yeah.
0: Well, you're, so who knows? You're on the right track. It's a rich American family. Some of these people on the train are are American, definitely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that
2: part of the song is so weird to me. It doesn't fit at
1: all. is <laughs> that long order? <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Okay. So now do you guys want to move on and start interviewing some of the other passengers? Yes. Okay. Um, here are your choices. Uh, I'll break them up into groups to make it a little bit easier. There's the British Colonel, the British teacher, the ugly Russian princess, and her maid. Who do you want to interview out of those ones?
2: Um, I want to... Did you suspect any of them, Joey? Um... The the princess came to mind second second time, but uh, I think I think you're on the, the the key. Let's let's go with the 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 colonel and the teacher, right? They're the Joe. Is there any, is
0: there any chance that you want to interview the uh, the ugly Russian princess because you want to try to you want to try to hook it up? Yeah, I mean that
2: makes more sense. Yeah, Ed, let's do that. Yeah, okay. I think so. You're
0: looking for looking for some
2: romance, huh? Let's do that one. Yeah. So it's kind of an interview, but also it's kind of a date. <laughs> yeah. We'll see how it goes. That's kind of what an interview—that's what a date is, really. <laughs> You're just trying to—I want to see if we're compatible. Yeah, Yeah. first dates are interviews. Okay, okay got that's it. That's a
0: good choice. So the ugly Russian princess comes in, and she introduces herself as Princess Nadia Dragmorov. I like her name. <laughs> uh, she tells Perot that she was in her room last night, and both her maid and the train attendant can confirm that. When Perot tells her about who Ratchet actually was, the murder of Daisy Armstrong— the ugly old princess reveals that she actually knew the Armstrong family really well. Her and the murdered girl's grandmother were really close. And the grandmother was actually a really famous movie actress. So the family had a lot of money. They're very wealthy. And people just adored little Daisy, the granddaughter. And the princess confirms that, yeah, after the murder, everything for that family fell apart. You know, Daisy's mother died from a shock. Uh, Daisy's father killed himself. It was just a tragic event. And the princess also notices that on Perot's table is her handkerchief, the one that was found in Ratchet's room. She says, "Oh, that's that's my handkerchief." And Perot says, "It can't be yours. There's an H on it, and your name is Nadia." But she says, "That's not an H. That's a Russian N." So she takes the handkerchief back and leaves.
2: Mm-hmm, okay. Hmm. Suspect. Interesting. Interesting. Um, one question for her: um, uh, What you know? Like, what, what are your interests? Uh,
0: <laughs> she likes uh she likes sitting on plants, like sitting on a big leaf if she can oh, okay, sure, um, sure um she likes uh she likes like small meals, small little oh, bite size <laughs> yeah just little bite sized meal <laughs> yeah. okay, 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 what do they call uh, that like a apertif maybe yeah mm-hmm. like an aperitif. fuck you. <laughs> the fuck is
1: that? Get that out of here. <laughs> I'll edit that out. I don't want that kind of shit on my
0: podcast. <laughs> <laughs> cool. I, I, I like her. Okay. So she gets up and she starts to walk away. But before she leaves the cabin, she turns around and she looks back just one last time. Yeah. And you and her make eye contact, Dumb uh, yeah, Shoe yeah. Dan. And it feels feels like there might be a spark. Something's there. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. I'm going to say a line to her as she,
2: as she was walking away.
0: Okay. I hate to see you go, but I love to see you go. And with that, she turns around one last time and her tongue flings out and your tongue flings out. Wow. And even though you guys are sitting like 20 feet apart, you just start French kissing. Success. So good. So good. Can, can somebody draw some fan art of that for me? Joey, you got your kiss. It didn't work because she's also a toad. So you're still a toad. Yeah. Um, yeah, it wasn't true love. It was
2: just a normal kiss. Which it was just a hookup. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's just a real horny yeah. kiss. <laughs> All right, who do you want to talk to next? Uh, Ted- Tedric Flambottom, Mister Mister Flambottom. What are our options? Uh, the British Colonel, the British teacher, the ugly Russian princess's maid. Um, let's talk to the Colonel. Okay. So the, the colonel comes in and he sits down. Uh, Perot offers him a cigarette, but the colonel says, it's okay, he's going to smoke his pipe. So he lights it up and he starts talking. And he tells Perot that he's served all over the world in different military outfits, uh, and he's made some really good friends through the military. He's heading back to England now, though, uh, and last night, him and the American guy that's Ratchet's secretary were hanging out together. They'd never met before, but they started chatting and they got along well, so they stayed up really late talking. And he can definitely confirm that neither he nor Ratchet's secretary left the room last night okay so they're each other's alibi
2: cool Mm -hmm. very convenient Um, is there any way we can find out who is next to Ratchet's room or is that going to be something that comes later yes
0: we can next to Ratchet's room with the adjoining door is the obnoxious American woman okay Mm. do you want to do you want to talk to her yeah can we okay So the obnoxious American woman comes in and she's just an absolute mess. She said the most terrible thing happened to her. Last night, she woke up and she could sense that there was someone in her cabin, a man just standing there in the dark, and she didn't know what to do. So she rang the bell for the train attendant. And when the train attendant got there, he opened the door and there was no man. There was nobody there. And she said the train attendant definitely didn't believe her. But then when she went to go put on her makeup this morning, she found the most terrible thing in her makeup bag, a bloody knife. It was the murder weapon. Somehow it ended up in her bag in her room. So the murderer must have been there in her cabin. Did she see anything or is it just just the sensing? She said it was pitch black in there, but she could just sense that there was a man in the room with her.
1: And did she have any uh, observations during the murder? Like, did she hear
0: anything? No, she said she didn't hear anything. She didn't hear anything. Silent but deadly. (laughs) So I think there's a couple things to think about here. Uh, there is that adjoining door, but it has to be unlocked on both sides. Okay. If for the murderer to slip into a room, it doesn't, it doesn't really make much sense. And especially for him to disappear somehow before the train attendant got there. So the story doesn't seem very possible.
1: Is Ratchet sharing his
0: room with his attendant, his butler? No. Ratchet has a first class room, so he's all by himself. Okay. okay. The butler is sharing a room with the Italian man.
2: Butler's oh, sharing the room with the town. Okay. Hmm.
0: So there's there's not a
2: door on both sides. Yeah, there's not a door on both sides. Just on one. Okay, got it. Um. All right, now Roger, you're outside the train.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm just peeping in. Did you?
2: See, yeah. Did you see anything last night in his window? Uh,
0: in Ratchet's window. Yeah. Yeah, I saw something. Um, and it was, I don't think a clue per se, but it was disturbing. Okay. Um. He was, uh, he was cranking it.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: But he was cranking it face down, face down, ass (laughs) up.
1: (laughs) That is, that is, that's I don't know.
0: Put that in your notes, but I don't know if, I don't know if anything's going to come of that. Um, Problematic. Something did come of it. I ran out of room for
2: the line, so I'm just going to draw a picture.
0: (laughs) 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 Okay. So, do you guys want to talk to uh, the British teacher or yes. the yeah. British teacher? Teacher's next. Let's talk
1: to everybody. Let's, let's talk to okay. teacher. So yeah. the British
0: school teacher comes in, and uh, she tells Perot that her name is Mary. Uh, she used to be a private tutor for rich families in the U.S., and Perot asks her about the British colonel, saying they've noticed the way they act around each other, and uh, she gets very cold to Perot and she just says, it's none of your business, and she gets up and she leaves, and that's it. So he doesn't get a lot of information out of her, but she seems very touchy about the subject. she's mm,
1: just. T- Totally
0: her. She's definitely involved. You think so? She yeah. was a tutor
1: for, tutor for the girl. Probably, yeah, yeah, tutor for the girl. Oh. Um, and she's the, the little stabs because this is a sexist book. <laughs>
0: yeah. So do you think that the British colonel
1: might have been the big stabs then? Mm. Potentially. Okay. It's either that or I feel like the attendant is in on it and that's how they got into the cabin somehow. Oh. I don't know the details yet.
0: Do you want to talk to the train attendant?
2: Well, before that, I'm just trying to get some. I'm trying okay. to confer with, uh, uh, with Flambottom here. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> also, if he's a colonel and Ratchet was a fake colonel, maybe um. there's something there.
0: Ratchet's not a fake colonel, but Daisy Armstrong's dad was a real colonel. Yeah.
2: Okay.
1: And the colonel has been all over the place, right? And mm-hmm.
2: he's worked with all kinds of people. Yep. So Daisy's dad is a colonel. Okay, I put in the notes. Daisy Dad. You guys ever wear Daisy Dads?
0: <laughs> what? Are those like Daisy Dukes, but they go below the knee? Yeah. <laughs> and above the waist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just a body sock Yeah,
2: <laughs> it's what spanks are made out of mm-hmm.
0: do you want to do a promo photo shoot but we all wear spanks under our clothes just to see if we look better
2: Yeah, hey, it's, uh, give us your address in the mail we'll go ahead and send you the pictures directly to you <laughs> tell us what you think
0: we don't want to post it until we get some feedback from you alright do you want to talk to the train attendant now Yes. Yes. Okay, the train attendant, he comes in, he's very worried because he thinks he's going to lose his job over this. You know, somebody got murdered in his train on his watch. But Perot assures him that he isn't in trouble. It's not his fault that one of the passengers got stabbed. But Perot asks him how the murder could have gotten into Ratchet's room. You know, maybe the door was unlocked in the night, and the train attendant says no. He had personally made sure that all the doors were locked and safe with his master key before going to the train attendant's spot for the rest of the night. And Pearl asked the tenant how long he's been doing this, and the guy says he's been with the train company for 15 years. He used to use the money that he would make as a train attendant to send it back to his daughter in the United States.
2: Send it back to his daughter in the United mm. States.
0: Does he does he have
1: his key right now? He does have his key on him, yes. Can you say for certain that it was never taken from him during the night? Yeah, he says it's been in his pocket the whole night. But the twist is that everybody's
2: involved in some way. Yeah. <laughs> They're all the murderers. <laughs> The weirdest one would be if it ended up being uh Roger or Tedrick.
0: <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's weird that you didn't put yourself on that list. That's a little suspicious. Oh, I didn't do it.
2: I I, I was busy doing something last night.
0: <laughs> Where were you last night?
2: On the top of the top of the train. <laughs> yeah, I was seven in, in the stars. Yeah. i around. I'm be honest with you guys. I know that I look like a frog, all right? But I'm actually a teen wolf.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you were surfing the top of the train. Yes, like for fun though. You
2: know what I mean. Yeah. Just as a goof. It was just for fun. No, I get you.
0: All right, let's move on. Yeah. Now yeah. we have a couple other people we can talk to. We can talk to the loud Italian salesman. We can talk to Ratchet's Butler. Um, Ratchets, Ratchet's Butler. Secretary. Ratchet's Butler. Ratchet's Butler. Okay. Let's call in the butler Uh, The butler comes in And he says that he didn't see anything He stayed in his cabin all night Reading his book And trying to avoid talking To the big dumb Loud Italian man That he's forced to share A bunk bed with He hates Italians But he does know something. His boss, Ratchet, told him that there was somebody out to get him. So be on the lookout for a small dark man with a very feminine voice. Small dark man? Feminine voice? Yep, with a feminine voice. What do you mean dark man? (laughs) I guess like a dark complexion. Okay, Italian. There's nobody on the train that really fits that description. The Italian man maybe has a darker complexion, but he's big and burly. And he definitely does not have a feminine voice. So that's odd. Now, the butler also, as a side note, he got his training on how to serve people by being a personal assistant to a colonel in World War One. Mm, okay. So now, we got a couple more people. We got the loud Italian man. We have the uh, American salesman. We have the Russian princess's maid. We have uh, Ratchet's secretary. Okay. Let's go with the German maid. German maid. Okay this is a good idea because maybe you can talk to her and get some inside info about the uh, princess that you can use to maybe yeah. Uh, <laughs> Nadia <laughs> yeah, Nadia to maybe. Uh, That's sp- what I was figuring.
2: Um, I, was, I just want to learn more about yeah. her. And, you know, everybody always wants to put their best foot forward. So they kind of lie a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I, I noticed that she told me, uh, how tall she was, mm-hmm. but I was looking at her and she wasn't exactly that height. I like a so a, yeah tall woman. <laughs> didn't know where to I like go. i
1: ugly. six foot nine, six yeah. foot
2: ten at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> what kind of lies did you tell
2: her, Joey, to make yourself look good? Oh, I didn't lie. Oh, okay, so well, you you just said. You just said, like,
0: I'm a, I'm a normal human man. It's me, normal human man. Teen <laughs> wolf sometimes, kind of frog-like. But never an actual real frog. <laughs> okay, so the princess's German maid comes in, and she explains that she's worked for the princess ever since leaving her job as a private cook in the U.S. And she can definitely attest to the princess being in her room last night. The princess needed the maid to come do something for her in the middle of the night, so the princess had asked the train attendant to go fetch the maid. And the maid woke up and she was walking down the hallway towards the princess's cabin. But as she passed Ratchet's room, a train attendant came out. But it wasn't the normal train attendant that usually works on their car. It was somebody else that she hadn't seen before. He was small and had a dark complexion. And when he passed by in the hall, he said, pardon me, in a really high-pitched woman's voice. So we've talked to the British colonel. We've talked to the British teacher. We've talked to the princess and her maid. uh, We talked to the American woman. The only people we haven't talked to are Ratchet's secretary, the Italian salesman, the American salesman in ugly suits
1: sorry I, I think I missed it um, but who? where did the high pitched voice come from? He, she passed somebody?
0: yeah from, from Ratchet's, Ratchet's room, room a train attendant the the came night. out but it wasn't the train attendant that she recognized as normal being on the card. Okay. okay
2: we're gonna have to go to the ugly suit salesman he's the only one that would have a disguise
0: oh that's smart mm. okay so he walks in and as soon as he sits down he's like okay okay you got me I gotta come clean I'm not who I say I am it turns out he's not a salesman at all. He's a private detective. He was hired by Ratchet for protection, the same way that Ratchet tried to hire Perot. And he's got the paperwork to back it up. But he didn't see anything last night. He has the room closest to the door leading off the train. And he was standing guard at his room. So he would see if anybody tried to get off the off the cart or not. So he could confirm that the murderer has to still be here. And uh, Pro also finds out that the guy turned to a life of private detective work after the love of his life killed herself.
1: That was the, the woman who jumped out the window.
0: Oh, interesting. Uh, was, that a, was that a maid? The maid for the Yeah, that was the, the Armstrong Girl? family maid was the one that jumped out the window. Armstrong family okay. okay, got it. Okay, we have just a couple options left. We have the loud Italian salesman or Ratchet's secretary. Let's do
1: the um, secretary.
0: Okay. So the secretary comes in. He's a very personable American man. And he can say that he got into a conversation with the British colonel last night, just like the colonel has said. They hung out all night last night in the cabin. So he can confirm that neither the British colonel nor him left their room last night. Pro asks him if he knew who his boss really was, though. That if he knew that Ratchet was actually this child murderer. And the secretary says, no, he had no idea about Ratchet's real identity or his past crimes. Ratchet just hired him to be his personal secretary because he's good at that kind of stuff. Hmm. His dad was a district attorney in the U.S., and the secretary used to do paperwork for his father on all these big high-profile cases there. So he got used to how to, like, keep things organized and take care of paperwork.
1: And that's the lawyer who lost the case that let Ratchet go. Hmm. All right. What does that leave then?
0: The last person that you can interview is um, the loud Italian salesman. Pro is a little suspicious because, like they say, stabbing is typically an Italian man's game. But this guy says that he was in his cabin, which he shares with Ratchett's British butler all night. The Italian man also says he doesn't really like the butler. He tried to talk and have a conversation with the guy, but he was just so cold and rude, he just sat there reading his book. He can attest that the butler didn't leave the room, so it couldn't have been the butler uh, that did it. The Italian man also tells Perot that he's out here on business, but he wasn't always a salesman. He used to be a private chauffeur. Okay.
1: Chauffeur. So maybe he's the driver for the little girl,
0: potentially. And with that, you've murdered all Mm. the—I mean, murdered. Oh, no. (laughs) no.
2: Oh, God. No, 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 no. no. (laughs) With that, you've interviewed— God, I (laughs) promised you're not going to tell anybody. (laughs) Get me out of this. Get me out of this.
0: (laughs) Joey's werewolf side took over. (laughs) No. You've interviewed (laughs) with that. You've interviewed all the passengers. So what happened? Who's the murderer? Do you guys have any theories? Uh, Um, I think that the
1: teacher. I think that the colonel and the assistant. Yeah. I'm with you. And the – maybe the train attendant.
0: Do you think they're all in on it?
1: Um, At least – at least for sure, the the secretary, the, the colonel, and the teacher are involved. Do you have and any? Made,
0: do you have any potential motive that you can think of?
1: Well, yeah. I, the s- secretary seeked out the position. I'm assuming and made it look like he just fell into it because his dad was the attorney mm-hmm. uh, on the case, and he wants revenge. And then the uh, the teacher was the tutor for the little girl, and she mm-hmm. wants revenge. And the colonel worked with the father of the little girl, because he was a colonel,
2: too. And he wants Mm -hmm. revenge. I'm with you on all those. Um, Okay. Although I'm I'm a little... I'm back and forth with the train attendant. I think maybe someone else manipulated the train attendant to to use him uh, for what he could do, but not necessarily keep him in on it. I just can't figure out how they got into the room. Unless the secretary was the one who
1: got them in... That would make sense. Because yeah. he has access to the the cart, potentially. Cool. But he came in from the other room, so there's a reason why he would need to use that side door. Yeah. Instead of the main all, door.
0: It's all, all very good points. Hmm. Uh, also still a little confusing, right? And Perot is just as confused. You know, he's the world's greatest detective, yeah. but all he needs to do is sit and think a while to figure it out. So he invites you guys if you want to just spend a couple minutes just closing your eyes and doing some hard thinking. Mm-hmm. And you guys sit together and you close your eyes. And after a short time, he's like, oh, I've got it. He's figured it out. So he calls everyone on the train together so he can reveal who the murderer is. Are you guys ready to find out the, uh, the very disappointing truth? Yeah. Um, I want to
2: give him a present real quick. Okay, it's a I, it's a mug, and it says "World's Greatest Detective." <laughs>
0: <laughs> he loves it, and he puts it he puts it on his shelf with his hundred other mugs that say that. Aww. But this one means more to him because you guys have really uh, really gotten close over this whole ordeal. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so this is what he explains. So all the cabins on this train were full, which is weird for this route, especially during winter, right? Why would so many people be on this train? And such a diverse group too, it seems odd. 12 people from such different walks of life all together here when this murder happened. It's also interesting that he was stabbed 12 times and in different ways. Almost like multiple people stabbed him. Like you said, Kevin, it seems like there's more than one person involved. Uh And at first, Perot was hung up on the idea that maybe it was two people that tried to murder him. Maybe like the colonel and the teacher. But it's hard to make that make sense. But what if it wasn't two people? What if it was 12 people? It just so happens that there are 12 people on this train. Try to think, where do you typically find 12 strangers from all different walks of life? But they're brought together in a group to do some job college college <laughs> what, yeah what spe- i go to
1: college and meet all kinds of people yeah
0: that specifically 12 though think about the number 12 basketball team it's a jury a jury yeah that's it ratchet was a man that escaped justice in the courts through bribery and corruption but now a new jury had formed to deliver the sentence that ratchet deserved death it turns out that these are not actually strangers You know that whole kind of vibe that he was getting between the colonel and the the british school teacher that was just one little hint at it but there's an emotional tie between all of the people on the train right now like you said the british colonel was friends with daisy armstrong's dad ratchet's butler was colonel armstrong's assistant in the war the ugly maid was friends with daisy's grandmother like she explained Uh, the italian man he was the chauffeur for daisy armstrong uh, the British teacher was Daisy's tutor. The German maid was the Armstrong family cook. They were all very close to the family.
1: Are these are these the original jurors for the trial? Or are they just no.
0: calling themselves jurors? They're just calling themselves the new jury that's going to deliver a new verdict. That's uh, okay. that's better justice for Ratchet. And then the other people had just felt the effects of Daisy's murder. You know, the guy that's working as Ratchet's secretary, he had helped his father prosecute the case. Like you said. Uh, Kef, and when he got off, he wanted to make sure that Ratchet found the justice that he deserved. The train attendant was the father of the Armstrong family maid that jumped out the window. And the private detective was dating that girl at the time. So the whole train planned this murder together. The private eye had tracked down Ratchet. The butler and the secretary started working for him to keep tabs on him. And when they found out Ratchet was taking this trip, they all booked cabins on the train. And when the time was right, the train attendant unlocked Ratchet's room and they took turns stabbing him in the night. That way, the blood was on all their hands. Not one of them could be sure that he was the one that delivered the killing blow, just like a prison execution. So that's why the wounds were so inconsistent. Now, the original plan was to make it all seem like the murderer was some mysterious small dark man with a feminine voice that somehow (laughs) snuck on the train at at the train station and then got away. But the passengers weren't expecting the train to get stuck in the snow. And when that happened, they had to think fast. What if they just made the whole thing really confusing? What if they left dead-end clues, like the pipe cleaner and the uh, <laughs> and the um, uh, handkerchief with the letter H on it? That way, it would seem like it could be multiple people. It would lead Perone all these different directions. And if they all had alibis corroborated by one of the other passengers, it would make the whole thing such a mess that it would be unsolvable. Do you know what their
1: big fuck-up was? What? The guy who was guarding the door didn't say that the guy left the, the train. That'd be yeah. like the easiest explanation. That's why, true. Why'd they lock themselves in and make implicate all of them? I don't
0: know why he didn't say that he saw somebody leave. Yeah. yeah, He's lying anyway. Yeah.
1: It'd be really easy.
0: But so they're all guilty. You know, explains that he knows that they're all the murderer of Ratchet. But Perot goes on to say that, sure, you know, they're all murderers. But the man that died was a terrible man that deserved death. And everyone on this train was a victim in some way of Ratchet's crimes. So really, it seems like maybe this was justice taking its course. And maybe everyone would be better off if they just believed that the murderer was some small dark man that got away. And with that, Pro announces that the case is closed. It's been solved. The murderer was a small, feminine, dark man somewhere lost in the snowy mountains. Of uh, Syria. That's
1: good. Feminine for all the stabs, and yeah. dark for the Italian. All the stabs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I,
2: I cracked the case. Hey, I cracked the case. What? It's it's the cold British butler.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you got it. Damn it! How would you figure it out?
2: I looked inside that book that he was reading. It was hauled out. There was a gun in there <laughs> that shot knives. The clip had twelve <laughs> knives slots for the for
0: knives. This is all kinds of confusing. <laughs> That's why you're the, uh, the best frog detective in the world. <laughs> Thanks, Raj. What do you guys think? Did that, that mystery
1: really grip you? It was fun to explore it. I am kind of bummed out by the, the ending of it, especially with um, yeah. the like misplaced clues. Like the distraction stuff. What makes it even worse is
0: in the actual book, they don't explain any of those family connections at all until Perot just realizes it. Like it's never hinted at. Just at the end of the book, Perot's like, but also I think that That the Italian man was the chauffeur. It's like, how would he ever come up with that? So it's one of those books that like you really couldn't figure it out until the very last page. But you did a great job
1: of
2: giving us everything so that we could. Cool. We could work our way through it. There's like a, enough information because like the train attendant had, uh, he, he used to send money to his daughter. Yeah. But so like we know the daughter, he'd stop doing it for some reason, which means that's why his daughter died. All that good stuff. Yeah.
0: Kevin, you figured it out really fast. You were like, all the mur- they're all murderers how crazy is that yeah i'm pretty proud of myself you're a good detective i mean
1: i didn't stick with it but i, I did call it at one point uh, i mean
0: a couple of weeks ago we did that escape room together and you were saying how you would never lost an escape room before you might just be really good at puzzles kev i could be really good at puzzles
2: i'm also very good at them yeah, yeah. <laughs> we could have done it without you you Joe. Yep. thanks yeah <laughs> Yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> All right,
0: should we wrap it up? Yeah, yeah. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah.
2: Well, so we have a bunch of emails. A lot of these are just people asking for pins. So, so hey, thank you for writing in and and uh, requesting to to wear our merch. Yeah. That's pretty. We'll cool We'll get that Very stuff sent cool.
0: off uh, right away. I think. Right. Yeah. 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 If you want to follow us on Instagram, our Instagram is at Storyhole Podcast. Uh, go check out our our fun pics Maybe uh, we'll post a picture. Us looking very sexy in spanks later <laughs>
2: um, if you want to send us an email with any uh, questions concerns compliments uh, that's all good the story whole podcast at gmail.com and yeah. could you
1: just go back and listen to this one again so that we could get those numbers up
2: <laughs> please li- please please listen to it now that you've this is one of those th- where there's like a show where you once you see it the second time you realize all the things you missed. it all clicks yeah and uh yeah so so please listen listen to it again <laughs>
0: Thanks for listening everybody See you next week Bye